Welcome to the KPMG Isle of Man Relocation Podcast Series, where each episode we'll be looking at some of the key matters to consider when looking to relocate to the Isle of Man. As a result of COVID-19, we've seen an increased interest in the potential relocation to the Isle of Man as people look to find the right work-life balance and as such, we hope this podcast series will provide some guidance in that area. My name's Tim Shalcross and I'll be joined each episode by my colleague Justine Howard, a senior manager within the tax team here in the Isle of Man, to discuss the main benefits and key matters to consider when looking to relocate to our beautiful island. In our last podcast, we discussed how commencing Isle of Man residence is fairly straightforward. So in this episode, we're going to look at ceasing UK residence. So Justine, what are the key considerations when looking at leaving the UK? So Tim, what is absolute key is ensuring that you successfully cease UK residence under the UK's statutory residence test, as dual residency can be an administrative burden and in some cases can be pretty costly as well. It's also worth considering your domicile status, though, as well, as domicile is relevant for UK inheritance tax purposes. And it's possible for an individual to be non-UK resident, but still be domiciled in the UK and therefore still have inheritance tax to pay on their death. So how is residence determined in the UK? So from 6th of April 2013, um, an individual's tax residence stated is governed by the UK statutory residence test. Prior to that, residence was determined by HMRC guidance and UK case law. There were some statutory provisions, but generally it was quite subjective and not very clear cut. Now that we've got the UK statutory residence test, it's a lot clearer. Um, What we need to look at is effectively a three part test which is made up of the automatic overseas tests, the automatic UK tests and the sufficient ties tests. So if an individual beats any of the automatic overseas tests, he's going to be regarded as non-UK resident for that tax year and he won't need to consider any of the other tests. If none of those overseas tests are satisfied, then you move on to the next stage of looking at the automatic UK tests. If they are met, then that individual is treated as UK tax resident for the tax year and no other tests need to be considered. But if none of the automatic overseas or UK tests are met, an individual's tax residency status will depend on how many ties or connections that they have with the UK and the number of days that they spend in the UK. So is it fair to say that it's it's pretty much a day counting exercise? Yes, but only if the automatic tests haven't been satisfied. So people generally think that they can spend um, on average 90 days in the UK in each tax year. But this isn't always the case and people can be caught out by the automatic tests. And also they can also be caught out with how many ties they have because they actually might have more ties than they actually think. So actually you could need to spend less than 90 days on average in the UK. Also, care needs to be taken with regards to counting the days. So when we refer to counting days, it's actually midnights that you need to count. And it also depends on whether that individual has been resident at any point in the last three years, because, again, you're looking at different um, limits there in terms of days spent. Um, It's important also to consider transit days and any days spent in the UK for exceptional circumstances. So... Do you need to declare your resident status with HMRC on an annual basis? And how could they know what you've been up to, basically? Well, the UK operates a self-assessment system. So it's the individual's responsibility to declare to HMRC if they have a UK tax liability. 
If they're UK resident, they're going to be taxed on their worldwide income. If not, there may not be a need to complete a tax return unless one is specifically issued to them. What we would advise um, when somebody's leaving the UK is to complete um, what HMRC referred to as a Form P85. This basically states the date that you have left the UK or intend to leave the UK. Um, And we'd also suggest declaring it on um, the individual's final self-assessment tax return form to tie in with whatever date that they're declaring as commencing Isle of Man residence on their registration for Manx tax form. Record keeping is key to support any claim for non-resident status. So, um, you know, keeping a personal diary, keeping copies of travel documents or, you know, credit card bank statements to show where you were at certain points of time. Really, you need to document your dates and the purposes of visits um, just in case HMRC decide to inquire into your resident status. We deal with a lot of inquiries um, into people's resident status. Um, HMRC have access to a lot of um, sources of information, both public and private. And so it's very easy for someone to be caught out, particularly if their records aren't um, completely up to date. And is that where the Connect system comes into play? Yes, exactly. The HMRC have um, this all singing and dancing computer system um, that basically... Um, It was developed by HMRC, cost a lot of money, and it cross-references businesses and people's tax records with other databases so that they can establish fraudulent or or undisclosed activity. They probably know a lot more than than you think they know. So finally, you mentioned domicile rules earlier. So I just wonder if we could just touch on this just to close this episode off. Is domicile the same as residence? No. So people often um, get it mixed up. I look at um, residence um, as being where you want to live and domicile is where you want to die. Um, But that's very broad. Domicile depends on various factors and it's extremely subjective. There is lots of case law on it. You know, if I was going to categorize it very quickly, there are the domiciles that we look at. You have a domicile of origin, which is effectively where you're born and generally follows your father's domicile. You have a domicile of choice, which um, it can be um, when you've left um, the country of your, your domicile of origin. If you move somewhere else and take positive actions to change your domicile, you can change that to a domicile of choice. So say, for example, somebody leaving the UK with a UK domicile of origin, if they came to the Isle of Man with the intention to remain in the Isle of Man um, indefinitely, they could potentially change their domicile to a domicile of choice in the Isle of Man. And that domicile would remain with them unless um, they somehow revive their their domicile of origin. The domicile rules are quite complicated, though. So obviously, we would strongly advise um, that tax advice um, is obtained um, if depending on your domicile um, to determine your tax liability. And there's been some recent changes in domicile rules as well from 6th of April 2017. So there's there's lots to consider there, particularly as you can have a deemed domicile status by dint of, of how many tax years you're resident in the UK and also if you're born in the UK with a domicile of origin. So again, I just stress that that if you if you if you're relying on your domicile position, um, we would recommend um, you getting tax advice. So, so as you say, there's there's lots to consider when looking at domicile. So in terms of the relevance or even the risks of getting it wrong, what is that risk of, of getting your domicile wrong? Why is it so relevant? Well, um, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, it's particularly relevant for um, inheritance tax purposes. So 
um, you know, you could successfully cease um, UK residents and become Isle of Man residents and um, no longer be subject to, to, say, income tax and capital gains tax in the UK. But for inheritance tax, um, you're looking at a domicile status. So if you don't, <clears throat> if you continue having a UK domicile, um, then potentially you're still subject to inheritance tax on your, your worldwide assets, on your death. It can also be relevant in terms of um, setting up trusts or trust structures, but that's probably warrants a separate podcast all on um, on its own. And another relevance for, for, for domicile really is probably more relevant for people who are um, continuing to be UK resident um, as opposed to successfully ceasing UK residents. But there is the what the UK call the remittance basis of assessment, and that's where domicile comes into play. Thanks, Justine. If you'd like more information with regards to relocating to the Isle of Man, please visit our relocation hub website by visiting www.kpmg.co.im forward slash relocation. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact either myself or Justine on relocation at kpmg.co.im. Look out for other episodes within our relocation series and we look forward to having you with us next time.